Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. If it's your first time, I'm excited that you're here. If it's your, what is it, 71st time, I am just as excited that you're here. Maybe even more excited, because if uh, you have listened to all 71 podcasts, that means I must be doing something right, and you must be pretty awesome. (laughs) Probably both of those things. So, if you did not listen to last week's podcast, you will probably want to do that, as that is part one. Um, As you may know, I was at like 35 minutes or 33 minutes, I think it was, just talking about how to finish a song when you're stuck from a musical standpoint. Uh, So I decided to uh, split this into two two parts so that you didn't have a like hour and a half long podcast, which I don't know, maybe you wouldn't mind, but um, I want to not not take too much of your time. Um. So I decided to split it into two. Uh, really, it doesn't matter the order in which you listen to them. So if you want to just, if you already have this on and you just want to listen to this one first, or for whatever reason you never get stuck musically, but you do get stuck lyrically, um, then go ahead and finish this podcast and then you can go check out that one. So we talked about getting unstuck musically last week. So we're going to talk about how to get unstuck lyrically and then probably psychologically as well this week. Um, So lyrically. Sometimes stories are like, or sorry, (laughs) whoa, spoiler. Sometimes songs are like stories. Often they're stories, right? Um, And even... Even if your song is not telling a, a a specific story with a plot per se, it almost still is story-like in that even if there is no plot advancing. So, you know, for example, you might have a story where take uh, 100 Years by Five for Fighting, where like each verse is, you know, you're 15, you're 22, you're 33, you're 45, and it takes you all the way to 100 or 99, really. Um, And the whole concept is you only have 100 years to live. So it sort of takes you through a story of what's happening at each point in the life. So that's actually like a plot moving forward, right? But other songs, you the whole song might revolve around Uh, the emotions within you as you go through a breakup or death of a loved one, right? There's no plot per se. Um, Time is not moving forward. It's all stuff in your head in a a moment, if you will. It might be all describing one feeling, right? Compared to covering a hundred years, right? Like a hundred years is a long time. Um, So even if there isn't a plot per se in your song, where it's not really a story song, there's still a sort of journey, right? Because at the end, there's probably going to be some form of conclusion, even if you're not telling a story. In fact, it's probably even more important to have some sort of a thematic conclusion if you don't 
have a specific story to tell. And sort of the story you're telling is the story of your journey or the character's journey in accepting um, sort of what whatever's going on, right? So um, again, we'll go the dark route if you're dealing with depression, right? The end, the end of the storyline of this story um, that you're telling in your song, you know, again, it might not be a story per se. Um, it might be all just talking about the different emotions in your head right now. Uh, there's probably going to be some form of conclusion. Like I can make it through this or I know there's a light on the other side or maybe your conclusion is I've come to conclude there is no light. You know, life just goes on. Or um, the next EP I have planned after the one that I'm currently working on is called The Infinite War about how um, to me, you know, if, if you wish you, you might have this as a songwriter, I, I, I feel like if, if you have a deeper side to you, some of us have that innate Sometimes there's just whispers in the back of your mind that you are alone that just will never quite go away. They might get quieter, um, but you never defeat them, right? And we live in a world where we like to think like there's winning, right? But most things in life, there is no winning. There's just, um, it's like a constant battle that you can't win and be done with, right? So if you're dealing with, um, De- depression, for example, you don't defeat depression and then never struggle with any form of, you know, and then you're happy and joyful there f- like forevermore. Like that's not how it works, right? Like you may slowly get better, but there's always going to be sort of a, a battle, a war, or like alcoholism, right? If you're an alcoholic once, for the rest of your life, you probably won't be able to party and drink and not worry about it, right? Because you know that temptation will always be there. You're constantly fighting the war uh, against going back to alcohol, right? So so that's sort of what the infinite war is about, that, that um, you know, I'm a lot better than I once was with that, Uh that whisper in the back of my head that no matter what, at the end of the day, I am somehow alone um, through lots of different reasons. But it will never totally go away. It will always be a thing that creeps up and I have to keep fighting it. There is no winning and, you know, I'm the Super Bowl champion and it's done and it never, I never have to worry about it again, right? Put it in the history books. I win. Uh, that's not how life works. So, you know, so that's the type of conclusion that you might come to, right? So it's important where the, you might be like, where is this going? So it's, it, it might help you from a lyrical standpoint to sort of figure out where you are on this song journey, if you will. Again, whether it's a story song or not, there is some form of journey. You're still getting from A to B. It might be from introducing the struggle to accepting the struggle or introducing the struggle to defeating the struggle or 
you know, it may be a breakup song where initially you blame the person who broke up with you, but by the end of the song, your journey is to realizing that it's all your fault, right? That's still, like, a story might not have happened. You might not have explained the story of your relationship or the story of the breakup, but the story there, the journey there, right, specifically the journey you took is somehow you got from the original part of the song is you suck, you broke my heart, and then the end is, oh, no, you know, uh, that's because I broke yours first or I don't know. That's cheesy, but you know what I mean? Like I did something to deserve this. It's actually my fault, right? That's a journey that you made, even if it might not be a story. So figuring out where you want that story to go and figuring out some of the stops along the way, right? The plot points, if you will. So if you have a first verse and a chorus, and you don't really know what to say in the second verse, that might be, as simple as it sounds, it might be just that you you never really thought about what you're trying to say and the journey you want to take the listener on. Right? You, you just thought to yourself, okay, my main theme might be in the chorus. I already have that covered. And the first verse sets up the conflict or sets up the situation, sets up the story I'm about to tell. But then I don't really know what the plot points are. You know, maybe maybe you think you're going to have three verses and you haven't really thought past that. You just think, yeah, three verses, maybe two verses. But you haven't thought, like, why? Like, what, what, what are the... What is the goal of each verse, right? Maybe your first verse is to introduce the concept. Maybe the second verse is where you start to change your tone, right? So to the breakup example, maybe in the first verse, you are just ripping on the person who broke your heart. You're just savage. And the second verse maybe midway through or something, is where you start to set up the idea that you weren't perfect either. You made mistakes. Or you realize you have made mistakes, right? So now you're setting up for maybe a third verse where you've ultimately come to the conclusion that it's your fault. Right? So now you have plot points. You know, first verse, set up the initial hatred or anger or malice uh, towards the person who broke your heart. And the second one is introducing that um, despite what you said in the first verse, which makes it sound like it's all the other person's fault, maybe, maybe it took two to tango. And then the third verse is where you come to the conclusion, you know, it was really your fault or, or, you know, it was just both. Or, you know, you know you, what your conclusion is doesn't matter, right? This is just an example. The point is, sometimes I think we like to write a song without thinking of the journey of the song, without thinking of like, really, these are plot points or these are story points, journey points. Um, and, and each part of a song has a job to do, right? And that job's not always going to be the same, right? The, second, the, ver- the job of the second verse is not always going to be the same, right? Because in, the, in what I just described, there's a... 
not quite a plot twist, right? Because a plot twist sort of implies like you think one thing for a while and then boom, it turns itself on its head. It's more of a gradual growth to a differing conclusion than what the original tone was. A shift of tone, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, other second verses will have totally different jobs depending on the journey you want to take your listeners on. So really... What we're talking about here is taking a step back. I think sometimes we as lyricists dive in, right? And we're, we're thinking about the words and the craftsmanship of the words, right? And that's very important. Very, very important, right? Choosing the exact right word, the precise word that means exactly what you mean it to be. I've covered this stuff a lot, right? Lyrics are very important to me. Um, the, the whole iterative lyric writing process that I've talked about is, is built on the concept of every single word counts, even to the point of going to thesaurus.com, throwing in that word you have in the song, like pain, and trying to figure out a better word, like maybe ache is a better word, maybe grief is a better word, right? Um, and that's a word-by-word level of editing lyrics, which is so important. So we, I think as lyricists, we tend to be um, even if even if you haven't gone to that extreme before, I encouraged you to. Um, I think we tend to be in the details, right? Because because at the end of the day, we're like we're writing a lyric, right? The words are what matter. But it can be really helpful and really important to take a step back and think about okay, what 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 is the point here? You know, I wrote a first verse about oh, I'm so mad that you broke up with me. And I have this chorus that is savage. That's just like, ha, you suck. You'll be miserable without me. I bet you miss me already. Do you see your great mistake? You know what I mean? Like, but that's not a theme really yet, right? I mean, it might be. The theme might be, you know, the opposite you know, uh, dear X, you suck, right? Like that, maybe that's your theme, but you probably are going to say something a little more than that and pr- or probably should say something a little more than that. Also, because there's a million songs that say, dear X, you suck. That's not, maybe try to find a, a slightly fresh tone, um, which even what I just described would fit, right? Like that, that, that shifting of in one song, you go from, th- it's the other person's fault to, oh no, it's my own. Um, which is very true to life a lot, I think. Um, at least for me, I feel like my tendency was initially like, wow, you're the worst. And then eventually, um, I wouldn't say in any or many cases did I think, oh no, it's on me. Uh, more like a middle ground of like, you know, regretting all the little things that I know I did wrong. Whereas at first you're like, I was perfect. I loved you. I didn't deserve this. Right. Um, so we all go on journeys like that, but so taking a step back and figuring out this journey, lyrically, you want to take the listeners on specifically for lyrics. I just want to call out, be patient with the second verse. Whatever verse you write second, right? Maybe you write the second verse first, and then you end up writing the first verse after. Whatever verses you write later are always going to be the hardest part. Because with the chorus, right, you have a blank slate. And usually you just have one 
course. Like that's the nature of a course, right? So once you write it, it's done. But with a verse, once you write your second verse, you already have specific syllables you need to fit into, a rhyme scheme maybe that you need to fit into, a melody you need to fit into, right? So you're much more constrained with verses. So be patient with those. It's the hardest lyric to write of any song. And you know what? If it takes you three times as long to write the second verse as it does to write the entire rest of your song, that's fine. That's worth it. Because if you think about it, if you have first verse, one chorus, a second verse, and a bridge, the second verse is 25% of the lyrical content of your song. That's a lot. Um, so to go from a 75% great song to a 100% great song um, for extra work seems worth it. If you ever are happy with scoring a 75% on a song at most, um, you should probably reevaluate. So be patient with that second verse. And I plugged this last time, but again, I, I think it was really killer. And if there's one thing to learn from me that I... that um, that I, I'm extremely certain there is no other content out there on this. I'm pretty sure I made it up as a software developer who's also a songwriter, but the iterative lyric writing concept, I think it's podcast 30. It's iterative writing of lyrics. Super helpful, especially for cases like second verses where it's just hard to get it just right and it feels like just the second best verse instead of the second verse um and it can be especially helpful for that so go check out that podcast hey it's free just like this podcast right so i don't think there's any shame in me plugging it um so sometimes lyrically right it can help to to think of a twist or perspective change that could blow the listener's mind Right. And, and that's sort of what I just talked about with that perspective change of, oh, maybe it's my fault. Um, but you can have genuine plot twists, too. Like one, I, I had a whole <clears throat> podcast and blog as well on the utilizing plot twists in a song. And I think the song example I gave was, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, what is that song called? Oh no. Um, Fast Car. That's right. Fast Car. Um, and in Fast Car, sort of the big reveal slash plot twist, which those two things are slightly different, but sort of two sides of the same coin, um, is sort of the whole song, the main character is trying to run away, right? The whole concept of fast car is escape the life she currently has. Um, and ironically enough, the, the, the person she puts her hope in the significant other in the song as being the person she's going like, like this significant other is the one with the fast car and they're going to get away together. And the irony is that that person ends up being the, a, a very good reflection of her father who is sort of indicative of what she wanted to escape the whole time. And so she ends up escaping to be with someone who's just like the father um, or the, li the life she was trying to escape, which is her having to take care of her father and stuff. The only difference is this person, her father, I think, actu actually had, you know, like 
a reason to be a bum or something. Like, I, I forget if he was injured or maybe he was just bent out of shape that his, her mother left her, him or I don't know. But the second guy doesn't even have time for kids. And so, so if anything, he's even worse. But, but really, right, like the plot twist is the whole time the great irony of, of who she put her hope in to escape in this fast car. She ends up being like, he ends up being the same thing she's trying to escape. And at the end, of course, it's implied that she does because she basically says, you know, change or I'm leaving kind of thing or sorry, change and you should leave or you should leave, I think. But, you know, so that that's sort of like, uh, uh, a plot twist that that's that that just m- makes it extra crushing at the end like that realization that after all that work after all her longing to get away she did not get that um despite the fact that she did sort of all the right things she worked to get out of the poor part of town she did all this this stuff but this person she originally put her hope in is actually a part of what's holding her back um and again i i often gravitate towards sad examples because uh, i tend to write from a darker place um i actually utilize a lot of humor in life and stuff and i like to laugh and all that but the tendency is when i'm creating music that tends to be the darker things coming out. Those are the things that inspire me. So that, that's why I gravitate to that. But this stuff all works for writing happy music as well, for writing angry music as well, which I have written my fair share of angry music. So um, forgive all the darker, sadder examples, um, but that's that's just the this, this stuff that moves me the most. So it's easiest for me to talk about. So Another thing is, somewhere along the way, while you're writing lyrics, you may have actually lost sight of what the main idea or theme is. Because again, it's not really a main idea or theme that um, I'm sad that you broke up with me. Right? There's nothing riveting about that. That's not, that's just sort of the general storyline or the general idea. Like, oh, it's a breakup song. It's a general category of song. That's not a theme. That's not the main idea. That's not something you want. Like, that's not something that somebody can take away from that song. Like, it is not a takeaway. Like, if you walk out of a movie, right? If you walk out of a movie and think to yourself, well, that guy went through a lot of crap. That's not a theme, right? Like, oh, that guy, he got his heart broken. That's not a theme, right? Um, That you can find love again, no matter how ripped out your heart once was. That could be a theme, right? Like, that's that's a takeaway. That's something that you, as somebody who is not personally invested in the story, can take away. Even though you are not the main character in the story, you, there's a theme that you can take out of this. And me being pissed that somebody broke my heart is not a theme, right? That's not a takeaway. Like, yep, I'm pissed too. Like, that's fine, and not every song needs to have a theme. But a lot of times, we do sort of have this message with our song, or we do have this thing that we want somebody to take away from the song, right? Like, you know, the takeaway of 
The Night Doesn't Last Forever. I The first album I ever did is called The Night Doesn't Last Forever. And that's because the main takeaway, the theme of my song Hold On, which was on that album, was The Night Doesn't Last Forever. And the whole idea was sometimes you can't just pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And that's okay. But you just got to hold on because the night doesn't last forever. And at some point, you might not be able to, you know, pull yourself up, but it will get better and other people may help you bring yourself up, whatever. Um, But the idea, the main theme, the takeaway that is universal, right? Like the concept of the night doesn't last forever is a universal concept, right? That is a concept that whether you're going through a breakup, the night doesn't last forever. You're going through a dark time where you can't seem to write any good songs. The night doesn't last forever. You're financially struggling. The night doesn't last forever. You know what I mean? Like, like that is a, such a universal theme and concept. So sometimes it can help to stop and be like, wait a second. What am I really trying to say here? Like, what is the point? What is the point of this song? And again, not every song necessarily needs to have a point. Sometimes we just need to rant in our songs. Sometimes we just need to have fun, right? Not every song needs to have a point, but a lot of them do. And even the ones that don't, like, what? still, why are you writing this? Like, what is, what is the takeaway I want somebody to have? Do I want them to laugh? Do I want, like, like so, again, it all goes back to taking this step back. So I've been writing this song recently that uh, originally its working title was Legacy. And the idea behind the song was a man on his deathbed um, thinking about what his legacy will be. Because it's too late for him to really change it. So now he's looking back at his life thinking, how will I be remembered? And I think it's best encapsulated in a line that I have, which is, but will you smile when you remember me? Right? And that's sort of the main thing he wants to know. So I don't know who he's talking to, right? Is he talking to his daughter, his wife, the nurse, because nobody else is there? Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't even finished the song, so I really don't know. Um, but the idea of will you smile when you remember me? Is sort of the main the main idea here, and you know initially I thought that the point of the song was going to be, you know, showing people, hey, you got to live your life now, realizing it's all going to end someday, and you can choose to have a positive legacy or not. Today, like today is when you're creating your legacy. You don't get to create it when you're 80 and you're on your deathbed, right? At that point, your story's been written. Um, which is not to say there's no redemption. I'm not saying that. But, uh, but I am saying that your legacy is built over time. It's not something that you can just like at the end up make amends and everybody remembers you fondly and forgets that you were abusive for 40 years, right? Like that's not, that's not how it works. So originally I thought the main theme was 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 going to be that sort of the this idea of via this man's tragic story 
which again, it's, it's probably not a story, but, but you know, through you seeing this image of a man on his deathbed, thinking back on all the things he wasted time on and how he wasn't a good enough, I don't know, father, husband, who knows again, haven't finished the song. Um, so I thought the theme was going to be that, like the idea of don't waste today because someday it's all going to be over and it's going to be too late to rewrite your legacy. We're all going to be that man someday. So the question is, are you going to be thinking about your legacy with regret and being like, but will you even smile when you remember me? Like, that's the main thing I want to know. When you remember me, will you remember me fondly? Um, or, you know, think about it now. Like right now, today, if you died, will somebody smile when they remember you? Not talking about like sadness, right? Like we don't want them to smile because you're gone and they're like, yeah, baby, they're gone now. Like that's all we want, right? I don't know what that accent voice was, but um, that's not that's not what I mean, though, right? The idea is, you know, if say you have a daughter, you know, in 20 years when she remembers you, will she be smiling, telling her kids the story of you and how loving you were this funny story of the one time the dog pooped in the house and you responded in this really funny way and you, you know what I mean like that's so that theme that I originally thought I had was encapsulated in that um that line but now I little there will be spoilers here but don't worry I'll well might not be spoilers so you may have heard me say how BoJack Horseman is an incredible show. I, this, this won't spoil anything. Highly recommend. Especially if you've ever dealt with depression or know people who do, it is just a, a masterpiece. It will be weird at first because you'll think, is this a comedy? Or why, like, why is this ripping my soul apart and making me feel so sad? Like, but it's, it's, it's masterful. It's great. And the answer is it's kind of both. Um, but anyway... Bojack Horseman. So, the second to last episode, there is a character that reads a poem called The View from Halfway Down. And this character is a character that earlier in the show, we learned that they had committed suicide by jumping off a bridge. Um, there's a lot more to why that is and all that sort of deep stuff. But this person reads a poem called The View from Halfway Down. And it's, it's sort of a, an episode that, you know, because it's a dead character, but... Um, the whole point is throughout the poem, you see him initially wondering what the view from halfway down will be as he's standing on the bridge. And then he is at the view from halfway down, right? It's too late. He's already jumped. And the regret he feels that he made that decision, right? It's, it's super powerful. Um, so I instantly, as a songwriter, I'm like, the view from halfway down, that, that is something I want to write about, right? So, so now... I took a step back because I was kind of stuck on this legacy song. And I thought, oh, that's a interesting new direction to take it. Somebody who's thinking about their legacy and their regrets and, and stuff as they're halfway down, right? And, and, and I love that message of, you know, he thought it was a good idea to jump all the way to making the decision to jump, right? But when he's halfway down, that is when he's like, no, I shouldn't have done that, right? To me, that's very powerful, right? Because 
if the story ends with they chose to commit suicide, right? That can that that can be a very negative message to those who struggle with suicidal thoughts, right? That other people did it and went through with it because they really wanted to, right? But the idea that halfway down they didn't want to anymore is so powerful to me. And I thought maybe that's the direction I want to go. That's a great message, I think, that you know, almost like after you, you know, after the bullet shot you being able to to take it back, right? To make it a little less dark, maybe you're shooting at somebody else. If you can pause in that moment and make that bullet miss because you're like, oh no, what have I done? The second you pull the trigger, uh, which that's shockingly dark too. But <laughs> sorry, this is a dark podcast, uh, my friends. I'm I'm so sorry. But, um, you know, so I changed or am changing, right? I might change my mind again. I took a step back and now I'm changing the whole viewpoint of the song, the whole backstory of the song, right? There's a big difference between a man who's 80 years old on his deathbed thinking about his legacy and somebody who just decided to jump off a bridge or jump you know, jump off something, whatever, thinking, and now the view from halfway down, right, or throughout the song, I think right now the plot is going to be like thinking about it, thinking about it, and then um, the thoughts as they're halfway down, which sort of follows the poem. In the, in the show, which also the episode is called The View from Halfway Down as the pen, penultimate, the second and last episode. Um, I highly recommend watching the whole show. But if you really, really are committed to never watching the whole show, just watching that episode can, I don't know, might just be confusing. But anyway, nobody from BoJack or uh, Netflix pays me. I'm just sharing the good news of how great that show is. Uh, but it is a little risque and has inappropriate stuff. So if you are not able to stomach that maybe don't watch it but as somebody who uh, normally does not you know I have standards in what I watch you know I won't watch Game of Thrones for nudity concerns and other things like that I still uh, watch and love Bojack Horseman um, if that means anything to you anyway the point of this podcast is songwriting so I know that was kind of a long story but I hope that gives you a little insight into sometimes you can take this massive step back and think and, and pivot, right? Pivot to a total, like a, a connected, but yet totally different theme. Um, and maybe the reason you're stuck, maybe the reason I was stuck on that legacy concept is uh, it just wasn't the right tone. Uh, partially because I have a whole EP coming out that's sort of uh, a man and his story of dealing with Alzheimer's and, and the EP will be called Keeping Memories because the whole over time he's more and more losing memories and at the end, spoiler alert, he does pass away. Um, so I already have really uh, like five songs all in one EP that are sort of dealing with death. Some of them, you could be argued, are dealing with just loss of someone, whether it's death or via, you know, breakup or divorce or whatever the story you want to be, you know, it can be whatever. But, um, but the, so like dealing with death, with natural death, the progression towards the end of life, um, is something I've dealt with many times before now, now, right? Because I've written a bunch of songs about it. 
Um, but the, the, the suicide angle is a more fresh take. I have had a song that is encouraging uh, through suicidal thoughts before, but this is a darker and yet even more profound take, I think. It's a new take. Um, so, you know, for me personally, maybe that's why that helped me get past being stuck on that legacy song. Right. It's because I was kind of saying different flavors of what I've said before and I needed to find a new angle. And when I stepped back, I was able to find that new angle. So now I, I wrote a ton of the song r- right after I like, paused the BoJack Horseman episode and just wrote. Right. Like. So sometimes taking a step back and being willing to pivot and, and, and reconsider what you thought your theme was or what you thought the story was going to be um, and taking a new uh, flavor, right? Because it's always good to mix things up, right? A lot of, a lot of things in, in uh, writing is finding a sort of fresh way to say a similar thing that's been said before, right? Because at the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun. And, you know, it's about how to make your breakup song different, right? Um, Or how to make your whatever song different. How to make it stand out. So, now this podcast is even longer than the last one. I did not think that that would happen. So, let's run through the psychological standpoint. Because I think that's simpler and sort of connected to everything else we've talked about. And that is, sometimes it's just that you're bored. You can get bored of the song you're writing because every, you just love the chorus so much and every verse just is... Uh, you can combine two totally different songwriting parts into one song if they're in the same key, right? Maybe you came up with one riff in the key of E and another riff in the key and a chorus in the key of E and you thought there were going to be two different songs, but you try putting them together and you're like, oh, that riff on the piano I came up with in the key of E and this chorus in the key of E actually could go together well. They have sort of a similar tone and they feel like they could be the same song. So really, the hurdle you need to get over is is trying more things, right? Like, you have all these little different pieces, and you don't know how they fit together. Maybe they do fit together. Have you even tried fitting them together? Um, so that's something always worth doing. I've definitely had some great success with, with you know, putting two pieces together that originally I thought were going to be two separate songs, but they didn't end up being two separate songs. Also important to note, just, you know, really, you can, as long as it's, like, if it's a major key, if you have one riff in A major and your chorus in E major, you can change the chorus to be an A major or change that riff that was in E major to A major so that they're in the same key. Like, as long as it's, they're both major keys or they're both natural minor keys, it doesn't really matter. You can just transpose it. Um, so even matching the same key doesn't matter. Maybe you have a, a riff in the key of D and a chorus in the key of C. Just change one of them to the other key right like either decide to move them both to the key of d or both to the key of c um another thing can be psychologically sometimes if you feel like it's bad especially me sometimes i'll start writing a song and i'll start to get like imposter syndrome about it and be like i'm not good at this like i can't write this type of song or i don't think this song is gonna end up being good um and then you just abandon it 
But sometimes you should just figure out what you don't like about it and address that thing. Don't be afraid to tear down your song and build it back up, right? Like with the Legacy song. I sort of tore down what it was about a little bit and built it back up. Now it's it's uh, got a whole new perspective. Or a whole, whole new story, really. Um, even if the concept of will you smile when you remember me actually still is there. Um, now, now that's not so much the main theme, I don't think, but who's, who's, who knows? It's not done yet. Um, so maybe you like the chord progression or bass line, but you hate the lyric, right? You might have a whole verse written with a chord progression and a bass line and a lyric, and you hate it. But really, you just hate the lyric that you have with the chord progression and bass line. But you've so you've linked those things in your mind together so much. Like, well, that's that's you know that that chord progression and bass line just goes with that lyric. So when you hate it, really, it's just the lyric you hate. Rip the lyric out. Maybe rip the whole melody out. But keep the parts you like. You might just dislike the bass line and chorus at this point, or chords at this point, just because you associate them so deeply with your lyrics or with your melody, right? But you can change those things. You haven't released this song, or even if you have, you can change your mind later. You can, you know, it's your song. You can change it. Um, so, so be vigilant about like maybe you don't dislike the song maybe you, the chord progression's boring but the lyrics are great maybe the lyrics are terrible but the bass line is jamming don't blame one thing on the other right don't be afraid to don't get too married to something um too early right like don't don't marry this lyric that's terrible or that's eh with this awesome bass line right unless they're both awesome then marry them off that's fine um but, you know, you don't want to be in that position where you throw out some good parts of a song just because you made the mistake of too tightly attaching them to bad parts, um, which I think can be really common. Uh, and sometimes with a song, you just need to wait it out. Come back to it later. There are tons of songs that I just had to take a step back and work on all the other songs I'm working on. And some even it took like 10 years to come back and write it correctly. Um, and that's that's pretty extreme. That's just one song that that took almost that long. Not quite ten years, like six, I think. Um, but still, a ton of time, right? Like that's very different than the songs on the other end of the spectrum that you just sit at a piano and you write a whole song in half an hour, and you're like, "Wow, what just happened?" Thank you, dear muse. Thank you, music gods. Right. Um, so I know this podcast is going long, so let's wrap it up. Don't be afraid to take a step back. Look at the journey that you want to take the listener on. Think about the theme. Maybe the theme isn't quite right. Maybe you want to take a slightly different direction. And don't be afraid to um, unmarry parts of your song, especially if, if you have a great piano part but the lyrics are garbage. Don't throw them both away. Just throw away the garbage lyrics. Throw away the garbage melody. Whatever's garbage, throw it away. Keep the rest. And don't be afraid to rewrite, right? Like, I've had things where I kept the piano riff, but I totally trashed the melody and lyrics and wrote a whole new melody and lyrics. And I'm like, okay, now it works. Don't be afraid to do those things. I hope this was helpful to you. Uh, if so, go check out my free guide on 10 ways to start writing a great 
awesome song today. They will also, those 10 ways to start writing a song are also great ways to pivot in your songwriting in order to finish a song if you're stuck. Like I said in the, like I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, I get, well, I give five lyrical thematic ways um, to start a song and, and five that are music based. Um, so they can also help you with the pivoting concept, right? Like maybe if you, if you wrote the first part of your song melody first, it doesn't mean you can't change up how you write the rest of your song. Maybe you want to write lyrics first for the rest of your song. I'll give you 10 different ways to do that. Guide will be super helpful to you. It is free at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Link will be in the description. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do if you feel that you can give it five stars. If you feel like you cannot, shoot me an email. Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H at songwritertheory.com. Let me know what I can do to earn five stars. Even if you do give me five stars, feel free to reach out. I am happy to talk to you. I have responded to every single email I have received so far, and I don't think that will change anytime soon. I might not answer right away because I'm not checking my email 24-7, but I will, at least at time of respond at recording this, I certainly will respond to your email. If you are listening five years from when this is recorded and the audience is absolutely massive... Uh, I cannot promise that I still respond to every single email, but as of recording, I definitely, definitely will. Um, and I definitely will try to for the rest of forever, but I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. So for now, I will respond. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, but seriously, the fact that you... Take time out of your day because you want to be a better songwriter so you can gift the world with great songs that can move people, maybe make their day brighter, make them feel less alone. Whatever your cause is, uh, the fact that you're willing to take time to work on your craft, which is shown by the fact that you're willing to listen to this podcast every week, or if this is your first time listening, uh, you downloaded this because you wanted to get better. That is a noble cause, and I salute you for that. It's awesome. And it makes us, um, I forget the word, when you're like the same spirit. It's past nine o'clock at night and I'm more tired than I usually am at this time. But um, kindred spirits, there we go. Uh, Makes us kindred spirits and that excites me. So when I see the downloads going up over time, it excites me to know that there are other people that passionately care about writing great music the way I do. And I know you all do. If you have a friend that you can share this podcast with that you think will enjoy it, feel free to do that. You may have also noticed that I, after saying I was probably going to do videos for every podcast, I now am not doing that. Uh, That's because I felt that the quality of the video was not up to the standards of the content I want to create. And I also felt that um, I do better podcasting when I'm not also worried about a camera on me. uh, And I want to serve you guys best. So the plan is to continue with these podcasts, and eventually I do want to make videos, but they're going to be separate uh, than the podcast. They're probably going to be shorter, more edited, more concise, uh, something that really fits the video format. I might change my mind again, uh, who knows, but for now, uh, the reason I'm not doing it is I want to keep the content really great 
And, um, I felt that the videos I was creating that were just me podcasting were not to the standard of what I want to create. If you do want to see me and hear me talk in video format, though, you can check out my YouTube channel that I have with my friend Carlo called the Mount Rushmore of Everything, where we do talk about the Mount Rushmore of Everything. It's a concept uh, that I came up with about like, okay, who would be on the Mount Rushmore of Marvel heroes, for example, right? Like, Spider-Man's going to be on there. Is Iron Man on there? I don't know. You'll have to watch the episode to find out. Just kidding. That one's out in like a couple months. But anyway, Mount Rushmore of Everything is a channel. If you want more of me and you want some of me that is not songwriting, go check that out. We're just starting out, so be patient with us. But um, we have a lot of fun making those. And uh, so, yeah. Go check that out if you want more where this personality came from. Um, If not, that is awesome too. I appreciate you listening to this podcast and I will talk to you next week.